بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين Dear brothers, So see these people who are so busy with their life, with their halal life or haram life, and compare yourself to them. You will see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so merciful with you that He gave you the chance and He helped you out against yourself to come and sit down and listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the Holy Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Continuing the case of self-purification, the heart or the heart of a mu'min needs really a lot of food and we're trying to see how can we feed this heart to be a true mu'min, a heart which is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tonight we need to talk about the case of a misunderstood topic by lots of Muslims. The case of Zuhd. You know what Zuhd? Zuhd means a person who does not care about something. So he's Zahid on that. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Yusuf, وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الزَّاهِدِينَ وَشَرَوْهُ بِدَمَنْ بَخْتٍ وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الزَّاهِدِينَ So when they found Yusuf alayhi salam in the, in the wheel, in the wheel, and they took him, a child, what can you do with them? So they sold him with very limited, very limited money. So they were Zahid, with, with the, they didn't care about him much. That's where they were drifted from, the, the, the word was called Zuhd or Zahid. Zahid is the person and Zuhd is the action. Among these ayahs we are having in our paper tonight, which is going to be spread to you, insha'Allah, we have mentioned some ayahs from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some, another, one hadith which is narrated by Muslim to Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said and we'll talk about it. Then we'll talk about the case of definition of zuhd. What do you mean by zuhd? Then we'll talk about the types of zuhd. What is the connection between this topic and our topic of self-purification? Actually, nafs of a human being, whether it is busy with life, halal or haram life, halal or haram things in life, or it is busy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for. What are we created for? وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that in this ayah that He created us only for one goal, one reason to worship Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. We discussed before if you remember the case of ibadah and worshipping and we said this case is not as misunderstood by some Muslims now, that ibadah is only to make salah, salam, hajj, zakah, that's ibadah. No. This is part of ibadah. But actually ibadah or worshipping is a complete way of life. Upon this ayah, Allah created us only to worship Him. So that means, if we pray five times a day, each salah will take us 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour. These are five hours of 24 hours. What can we do with the rest? We are not worshipping Allah, this is against the ayah. So we have to calculate it again and see that our life, including eating, sleeping, uh, taking care of our children, this is all ibadah. If we understand the correct meaning of ibadah in this case, then we will know why Allah required us or requested us to do only ibadah in our life. Because even going to work and having money, halal money, to take care of yourself and your children, this is ibadah. As long as it's only for Allah, the way of Rasulullah, these two conditions. Anything we are doing in our life, the way, only for Allah, the way of Rasulullah, these two conditions, then it is inshallah accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's see these ayahs one by one, before we talk about the definition of zuhd. And before that, let me remind you 
of the life of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How did he live sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Was he capable of having a lot of money, being rich, enjoying himself and eating and sleeping and so on, or wasn't he capable? It's of course obviously that he was capable of having a lot of money, like the others. In fact, before he became a prophet and a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before he was 40 years old, he was working for Quraysh for money. And he was also earning money. And he was going also before he married Khadija, radiallahu anha, he was doing some business. He was taking the, the money of Khadija to, to uh, Syria and gaining, selling in there and buying extra uh, merchants or, or goods and bringing them back to Mecca for sale. And he's getting a lot of money. But when he became the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, case is different here. Because he's no more a regular person now. He's Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa the messenger of Allah. Is that only for the messenger? No. Again to say that even the Sahaba, even the Tabi'een, even the Ulama, scholars of Islam, even the good people like you, they are supposed to think of the major goal they were created for. Does that mean I'm not going to work, not to gain money, not to... No, 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 no. This is a misunderstanding. This is a wrong understanding of what, what we are talking about. So, whenever you hear an ayah or hadith, whenever we talk about something, try to compare it to the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because this is, this life of Muhammad sallallahu Muhammad sallallahu is our qudwa, our leader, our true leader sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهُ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ those people who want to satisfy Allah, those people who want to be saved in the judgment day, they should take Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a leader, as an ideal person. Udwa. Uswa. Udwa, Uswa in Arabic is almost the same. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ Yes, he is sallallahu alayhi wa sallam our Udwa, our Uswa. We are supposed to try to follow his way of life. So we will be happy in our life and happy also in the judgment day. See Sahaba how they practice that again in their life. Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali radiallahu anhum and the other Sahaba. Some of them were rich. But the, the richness or the money they had did not protect them or take them away from being true Muslims. We can see how they dealt with the life, with the money, with the wealth. And we learn from them how to live our, with our life, with our wealth, with our money. Because subhanAllah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he created every human being of us, he already subhanahu wa ta'ala decided how much money you're going to get in this life. How many halalas? You are, you are not going to get one single halala extra. And no one single halala is. Each halala that's mentioned in your sahifa, in your kitab, you are going to get it in your life before you die. In this case, we work, but we don't work too much. I always remind my, my brothers in the case of two, T-O-O, and the case of three, which is a big difference in here. So, always if you want to know how to do this, how to practice this ayah, how to practice this hadith, how to practice, go and see how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali and the other sahaba practice in their life. Then you will know how to. So you have the theory and the practical life. Take him, follow him, you will be in the best track, the best life you can get in your life. The first ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned about the case of Zuhd or case of dunya. In Surah Al-A'la, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرُ وَأَبْقَى يعني that is telling us we human beings that we really like this dunya although the last day life is a lot better and a lot more that means that we are supposed to take care of the last day the last life not the life now by the way in Arabic the word dunya in Arabic means the loathing dunya ulya these are two words in Arabic dunya that's for female Dunya means a low thing. Ulya is something 
not Uliya, Uliya. Uliya is another neighborhood in Riyadh. Okay? So Uliya means a high thing. Dunya is really a, a low thing. Dunya. That's one of the meanings of, of Dunya in Arabic. But to Uthirun al Hayat al Dunya. Al Hayat al Dunya means the low life. The life which is low. Our life is really, the human being life is low. Low, because it's really low when you compare it to the Judgment Day life. Again, there's another in Arabic, another meaning in Arabic for the dunya means which is the closer to you. This is dani, qareeb minni, dunya, that's far away. So dunya, you are in here, and ukhra is there, or akhra is far away from you now, but it's close, as Allah told us in his holy book. However, بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى. خير is better, a lot better than our dunya. وَأَبْقَى means it's going to be continuous, endless. While your life in here is going to end, one way or another. You cannot control it. You, can't, you have no guarantee. Even if you gain a lot of money, you have no guarantee to keep it. You, can't, you have no guarantee to use it. Subhanallah, I remember a story mentioned about one of the Arabian actors. He said, I wish I become very rich. Even if I have to spend half of that money in having medicine for my sickness, if I have a sickness. That actor, actor became very rich and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him cancer and because of this cancer he spent that money plus a lot of debit. Subhanallah al-Azim. Subhanallah al-Azim. Don't think that money in dunya is good thing. No. As we will see later on, inshallah. But just, just to remember, just to remember that subhanallah al azim when money is more in dunya, that means more headache, more thinking of it. Ibn, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu was, used to say, A'udhu billahi min tafriqatil qalb. Yani he was asking the protection of Allah from his heart being in everywhere, thinking in a different way. So they asked him, what tafriqat al-qalb, ya Ba'ad al-Rahman, what do you mean by that? He says that I will have tafriqat al-qalb, that when you have money in every place. So you have money in such and such company and the share market, and you have money in Baqala, you have money in this company. So, so many money, so many, ah, your mind will cannot concentrate on salah or any other things. It will be always thinking. What happened to the share market tonight? And go and read what happened today. And what about the company? What about the Baqala? People in Baqala are stealing my money. So halal, the guy cannot really concentrate. He is too busy with dunya, so he forgets almost the last day. Although Allah told us in this ayah clearly, وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى The second ayah. تُرِيدُونَ عَرَضَ الْحَيَاةِ تُرِيدُونَ عَرَضَ الدُّنْيَا وَاللَّهُ يُرِيدُ الْآخِرَةِ this ayah descended in Surah Al-Anfal, descended upon the, after the case of the Badr battle. Muhammad accepted the Qurayshi to pay money to take back their taken people in the battle. So Allah Subhanahu descended this ayah. And Umar ibn Khattab, when Muhammad asked Abu Bakr and Umar what to do with these people we have gotten from Quraysh, as prisoners, he said, Abu Bakr said, Ya Rasulullah, leave them to go. Or take some money from them and let them go. They are Qurayshis and they are maybe inshallah they will accept Islam and so on. And Rasulullah also was saying the same thing. But Umar said, Ya Rasulullah, no, kill them. You know, Umar was strong, very strong. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, kill them. When you kill these people, the Qurayshis and the will, be, will not do such a thing and next time they come to kill Muslims. So Rasulullah because he was a, a merciful guy Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَكَانَ بِنُمْنِي رَحِيمًا He accepted to take money from these people and let them go So Allah descended this ayah to say that you want dunya Allah wants ukhra So when Umar came back later on he found Abu Bakr Rasulullah and Abu Bakr weeping, crying He said why are you crying? Tell me if I can't, I'll cry with you so Muhammad told him, if someone going to be saved, it's you, Ya Umar. 
because you are the only one who said to kill these people. Allah is telling us that we have done wrong. We shouldn't take money from these people, we should kill them. Turiduna arab al-hayat dunya This is not only for Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Abu Bakr, this is for all of us. We are all running for dunya. We are all running for more money, more luxury. Why? Why? Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala created this way. But we want, we are supposed not to accept ourselves to drive us on the wrong way. Because when a Muslim runs after dunya, he will be very tender with shaitan. Shaitan will drive him. How's that? In the beginning, say he opened small baqala. Fine. Then, because of baqala, customers will not come unless their cigarettes are sold in here. There. So, what can I do? I can't. When this, I have a customer, some people will say, why you sell cigarettes here? So, what can I do? Customers, they come and ask for cigarettes. If I don't have cigarettes, nobody comes to buy from me. La ilaha illallah. Khatawat al-shaytan. Khatawat Spirit of shaytan. Shaytan comes to me. Nobody will come to your, your baqala to buy anything unless you have cigarettes. Sell cigarettes. Right? Sell cigarettes. Sell some other things. You will not come and buy unless you have magazines with pretty women on the cover. Oh, if you don't sell this, like nobody comes. The people will come for newspapers and magazines. If I don't have newspapers and magazines in my baqala, nobody comes to my baqala. Ish, father. La ilaha illallah, shaitan is selling to the person. Now, this is not true. I have seen, and this happened in real so many times, people who rejected to sell these things. But subhanallah, their sales were more and more. Plus, if you have a bottle of nice milk, clean milk, if someone come and drop dirty things into it, can you drink it? This is the risk. If you have your risk clean, Allah will put barakah into it. Barakah not only in numbers, but could be also in some other things. People say, Baraka, how is Baraka? Baraka is one million real is one million real. What's the difference? The same deals. Six deals here, six deals here. No, 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 no. It's not the case in here. It's the case, the Baraka, when Allah Ta'ala sends the blessing into the money, the money will be effective, will be, will be buying a lot of things, and Allah, when Allah, when you buy something, Allah Ta'ala will take care of it, it will not be destroyed easily, and so on. In fact, the best Baraka is that when this money will serve you instead of your servant. Instead of you serve the money, the money will serve you. When Allah puts barakah in the money, the money will be helping you. While the other people who have a lot of money where there is no barakah in it because it came from haram or part of it from haram, they will use it in things that will hurt it. Those people who are using the money to buy alcohol or drugs, do you think the money will have a barakah? No way. No way. Subhanallah al -Awim. That's why you see people who are selling bad things or haram things, their money will be affecting them in the beginning. They will hurt, it will hurt them before they hurt the others. So little of money, halal, clean money, is a lot better, lot better than a lot of money which is coming part of it from haram, with no barakah. The third ayah here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَفَرِحُوا بِالْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفَرِحُوا بِالْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا This is Ar-Ra'ad, number 26, the ayah number 26. The Kafirin, they are happy with dunya and they want to have more of it and they make wars in order to gain money. Why do you think these uh, Westerns especially make wars? Because they want to sell the, uh, the weapons. They are, their companies in there in the United States and the other countries there, they are making weapons but nobody buys them. So they go and make service between Muslim countries especially, so they will sell them the weapons and they have the money. Make service between this country and this country, so you will sell the weapons to them and they will kill each other. Subhanallah al-Azim. Subhanallah al-Azim. These kafirin are running for dunya by any means. They don't care what happened after that. They don't care what, the, what will happen to the people when they kill each other because of their weapons. No, they don't care. But they care about this half money. Capitalism in the West really destroys the West. And capitalism really, the only one who is really gaining benefit of it is the Jew, Yahud. Because they are the best in the case of riba. Na'udhu Billah. Those people of Jew, the, the Yahud, they are the people who really run the world with the riba. Destroy the, the whole 
financial life of the whole world. Not today, not with the 20 years, 20 years, lots of years, hundreds of years. Even in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they were controlling Medina people with riba. But when Muslims, when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to Medina, and he was a barakah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the people of Medina accepted Islam, they didn't take riba anymore, they, 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 they lost. They hated Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he broke their financial strength. When Muslims are strong, they don't use riba, the kafirin will go down. But when Muslims are running after money, whatever money, clean, dirty money, they don't care, then they are really controlled by the Jew and by the kafirin. وَفَرِحُوا بِالْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَلْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا بِالْآخِرَةِ إِلَّا مَتَاعِ Allah is telling us in this, so, uh, this ayah that this dunya compared to the judgment day is nothing. Nothing at all. As we said before, if you compare any number with the endless in mathematics, it will, not, will be no, nothing. One billion to endless is nothing. So how can we compare this dunya with the Jannah, the life in Jannah? Can we compare? There's no way to compare. Nothing. This is really counted nothing. So if this is the dunya we are talking about, and this is the akhirah Allah is talking about, every smart person will choose the akhirah instead of dunya. And the head of them was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who chose the akhirah. You remember the hadith that Allah sent the angel of death to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not to take his soul but to give him the choice. What was the choice? That ya Muhammad if you want to live the whole dunya until the judgment day and then after that you go to Jannah you are okay. If you want to die now and come to Jannah you are okay. What is he choose sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? بَلِ الرَّفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى بَلِ الرَّفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى بَلِ الرَّفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى أَجَوَرْ مَضَعَشِ فَوْرَسِ He did not want our dunya. Of course we would love that he choose to stay the whole life so we can see him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not want our life. He wanted jannah. He wanted jannah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So those people who love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam should choose the same. And live in this life like a stranger, as he told Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told Abdullah ibn Umar, Kun dunya gharib. Live in your life like a stranger. Have you ever seen a stranger passing by, he's building a house, or having a lot of money? He's a stranger, he's just here for some time in He's passing by the, the city, that's it. And as we said before, have you seen ever any person who goes from Riyadh to Mecca for Umrah? Only one or two days he's going, and when he passed by some of these places in the middle of the, the, the road, he found one of these, these rooms which is rented for 20 riyals an hour. And when he got into this room, he didn't like, didn't like the, the painting. And he just liked the carpet. So he went to the city to bring some more carpets and some more painting and air conditioning and some decoration for the room. You are staying one hour and leaving in this room. And you come and, subhanallah al-azim. So nobody will accept this to do this. Now we are doing the same. We are too busy with our life, forgetting that we are going to leave it soon. Sooner or later. But to leave it is the case. Where to leave it? To leave it to where? To Jannah? Or to Hellfire, na'udhu There is no other thing. Where to leave? Where directly to Jannah? Or to Hellfire? No other choice. So every one of us should choose where to go. Can we? Yes, we can. Allah gave us the capability. فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَالْيُؤْمِنُ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَالْيَكْرِ إِنَّ هَدَيْنَاهُ السَّبِيلَ إِمَّا شَاكِرًا وَإِمَّا كَفُورًا So Allah gave us the choice. It's upon us to use, to choose. Somebody said, no, no, what about Qadr? Qadr, Allah knows it, subhanahu wa ta'ala. You try. He gave you the choice. He gave you the, the capability. He gave you the hidayah. وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنِ The two, two ways. Choose one of them. It's up to you. Not up to anybody who's going to force you. 
If Allah is forcing us to do the bad things, then how come He is punishing us? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ta'ala Allah taqaddas. But He gives us the choice. فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَيَقْفِرْ Subhanallah al-Azim. So we should really choose to live in this life like strangers. Like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the other sahaba. Our sahaba at that time. They choose this life only to use it just to pass. Pass then go. What should we do in our life? If I live 100 years or 70 years, what am I going to do in this life? I should be a true stranger. A true stranger who is trying to make people come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bring Muslims back to Allah. Bring the Kafir into Islam. Do my best in this life only to do this. This is my life. This should, should be every Muslim's life. Yani, I, I will not eat. I will not sleep. I will not have children. No, nobody says this. Nobody says this. But actually we are not doing this. We are not only having the money. We are having too much money. And I, I mean T-O-O. T-O-O. Too much. More than we need. We gain more money more than we need. We eat more than we need. We wear clothes more. more. Subhanallah al-Azim. Why are we doing this? Because lots of Muslims really lost the goal. They lost the goal. The goal that we are supposed to have, which is to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah is satisfied with us, then we will live happily and we will die happily. We will go to Jannah also. How can we do this? Very simple. Very simple. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very generous. The most generous subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will help you out if you want. Just do it. Just make your life only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you will be happy. In this life and the One hadith of Muhammad which is narrated by Muslim by Abu Hurairah that Muhammad said, Unburu, that's an Arabic version, Unburu, Ilaman Huadunakum, to look to the people who are less than us in dunya. Yani, you have uh, uh, an 85 model car. Don't look to the people who have 2011 cars. You have only a Japanese car. Don't look to the people who have Lexus. You have... No, don't do this. It's the wrong way to do. Look to the people who are less than you. Why? Just question yourself, why is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam got to do something? Why? Because he tells in the end of the hadith that will make us not to underestimate the ni'mah of Allah that is given to us. Yani just an example. If I have a car which is cheap car, 40,000 riyals, 30,000 riyals only. And I look to my neighbor, oh, mashallah, he's having a car of 350,000 riyals. Inshallah, ya I am poor guy. Only 40,000. My neighbor is 350. Then I will start to object what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reject what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me. And I think this name has nothing. Subhanallah al azim So why don't I look to the person who has no car at all? Or who has a car which is only 10,000 riyals? Why don't I look at. Ah, that's why Muhammad was telling us to look to the people who are less than us in dunya. Five versa of this. In being, in ilm, knowledge of Islam, you should look to the people who are higher than you. Ah, see, the, the scholars are smart in this case. They take this hadith and say, make it five versa. Look to the people who are higher than you. Not in dunya, no. But in deen, in religion, in ibadah, in ilm, knowledge of Islam. Then you will run for more good things for you. When you... <coughs> If you are a person who is doing only five parts with jama'ah, Jazakallah khair, you are inshallah in the good right, but you should not say, well, alhamdulillah, I'm praying five times a day with jama'ah. See, people who are not praying at all. Why you compare yourself to people who are less than you indeed? Compare yourself to people who are better than you indeed. See, Sheikh Sashan said, the person, mashallah, he is not only praying five parts, he's also praying 12 rak'ahs, which is sunnah ratiba. See, people who are praying the, the, the tahajjud in the night. Ah. So in the, the other way of the, of the case, see or look to the people who are higher the, uh, than you in the case of deed and ibadah. If you do so, then you will have more efforts to be better and better in your deen.
But those people, some people said to me, Sheikh, why don't you do this? I said, Alhamdulillah, I say, say Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, we are praying with Jama'ah, and we are Muslims, Alhamdulillah, we say, Alhamdulillah, say, Baby Habibi. And he says, look, look, these people, they don't pray. These people are kafirs. Huh? He compares himself to the Hindus, or the Christians, or the Jews. Say, why don't you compare yourself to Muhammad and Sahaba and scholars? And Shaitan is smart. And when it comes to dunya, he compares himself to the higher people. Well, I see, I have only a villa, 500 meters, square meters, only. While my colleague can work, he has a palace of 5,000 square meters and so many rooms. They want to compare yourself to the other colleague in the work who have no house at all. Nobody do this, which is a really big, big problem. That makes people really jump into the wrong track. While those people who really see how much ni'mat of Allah Taala on him, he will thank Allah Taala all this. While the other one who, who sees the others with the, with the much money, he will not thank Allah because he thinks that he doesn't have much ni'mat. That guide us after these the ayahs and hadith of Muhammad to talk about the definition of zuhd. Is this word familiar to you, zuhd? I think it's in Urdu. Is that good? Is it Remember level 4, who said the level 4 was Ascetic. Ascetic direction. Remember direction of the Soviets? Nobody here from level 4, Naim. Remember the word? Zuhd means. As mentioned in here, it's defined by two cases, linguistic and juridical. Linguistic by your language, yani, is to leave something with the feeling of despise to it. Yani, an example, you are walking the street, and you saw half an apple, an apple, half an apple thrown in the road. Will you come and take it and say, Alhamdulillah, I found a lot of money? Nobody will take care of it. Nobody will look at it. So they despise it. They don't care about it. Vice versa, of course, if you, if you just try to get the point, is when you see something like if you walk in the street and you find 500 riyals in the road. Nobody will have zuhd in here. Everybody will come and take it. Right? So zuhd means that you look to something, you don't care about it, you have a despise on it. You don't care about it. That's in linguistic. But in juridical, to leave whatever thing that is not beneficial in the last day. Like what? So much gurgling or talking with people. Remember we talk about these four voices? One of them is to have a lot of talking with people, mixing with people. To make do than that, to leave it, is to be busy with what Allah told you to do, which is going to be beneficial for you in the judgment day. Like what? Dikr. Abdullah bin Mubarak, one of the great scholars of Islam, in the second or third century of Islam when he gets out of the masjid after salah he sees some of his colleagues or brothers or friends sitting beside the masjid talking about their life and so on and they say why don't you come sit down and talk over us he said no 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 I'm sorry I'm going to talk with sahaba and tabi'in sahaba and tabi'in they did it what they he said I go and read their books I read their stories their life stories so I will be with them and talking to them. You want to talk to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Read his hadith. He's talking to you. He's talking to you sallallahu alayhi wa You want to talk to Allah? Make dua. You want Allah to talk to you? Recite his book. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. Who's saying this? Aren't you one of the mu'mineen? Inshallah you are one. So he's talking to you. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. So I'm listening. You listen because he's talking to us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever not beneficial for you in this life, leave it. Leave it. Talking to the people, eating too much, uh, watching these bad things on TV and so on, even the halal things, which is not going to be beneficial. Some people say, I, I have to watch the news every day. Two, three hours when sitting in front of the TV or reading the newspapers, you want to know the news of the world. Say, what, what are you going to do if you have read that there is a trouble on Chile or on Uruguay or in mid-Africa? What are you going to do? Well, that's it. Read a lot of stories about what happens in Chile, what happens in Argentina, what happens in the United States, what happens in Canada, what happens... So what? Who cares? What are you going to do with this? What is this going to be beneficial for you? So losing an hour or two to read these newspapers, when this, what's this? But if you spend one-tenth of this time reciting Holy Quran, 
how much benefit are you going to get? How much benefit you are going to get? That's what we're talking about. So make good on reading these things which is not beneficial for you for the in the judgment day and read what's going to be beneficial for you to make your scale heavier. One letter of Quran will be counted for ten hasana. One letter. Bismillahir Rahman. How many letters? B is Bism. B S M. Four. Three. Three letters. Thirty hasan. Just to say this. Bismillahir Rahman Rahim. How many hasan? One page of Quran. How many hasan? One juz of Quran every day. How many hasan? Allahu Akbar. But if you read the whole newspaper, how many hasan are you going to get? Maybe a lot of sayyah. A lot of bad deeds. Reading bad, bad things in the newspaper. Some of them they say uh, bad words. Some of them they make kufr words on the newspaper. Lots of bad pictures of ladies and so on. And one of these newspapers, subhanAllah, you see how Muslim really loses his time. They are talking about the Pope. It's the Vatican. And they say, Rahimahullah. La ilaha illallah. Rahimahullah, a, a, a kafir who, who insulted Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and hates Islam and hates Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believes that Isa is the son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they say, Rahimahullah. They are sinful and the person who is reading for them is also sinful. Subhanallah. Plus, remember, these mass media usually is using the system of putting the poison into the honey. You read, you think it's honey. But there's a lot of poison into it. It's destroying not the body, it's destroying the deen, the heart. So a Muslim really should refrain from these things. He can't get this news as he, he needs to know the news. There's a lot of ways to have the news. But how much you will pay for it? How much time? That's the case. A Muslim really should think always that this time he should be so greedy with the time that every single minute of his life should be used to be beneficial for him in the judgment day. That's the case. We can't really <coughs> divide Zuhd into three types. Just I need to explain or to give some good knowledge of the case of Zuhd. Zuhd can be a must Zuhd, a must leave of bad things and other things. That is for haram things. He must Yani hate and despise haram things, whether it's shirk, major shirk or minor shirk, whether it is major sins like alcohol, drugs, riba, zina, so on, he should make zuhd of this, he should leave it, he should despise it. And the number two is an extra zuhd, that's to be a zahid in extra halal things. Yani, food is halal, as if it's halal, you eat from it was enough for you to live, as Muhammad Sallam has already told us. Bihasal ibn Adam Luqaymat Very limited food. Yani Luqaymat means counted number of times you eat. That's it. How many times? One, two, three, four khalas. That's it. That's haram. We're not saying that this is food, this food is haram. But we say follow what Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us to do. Very limited food is enough for us. And if we eat just less than we need, less than we want actually, we will be more healthy. Wallah, we will be more healthy. Yani more, the ask doctors, especially in Ramadan, how are they suffering from people who eat too much? And I mean too much, T-O-O, again. Too much, more than he needs. It's just a case of habit of having food. One of the strange stories I heard that Italians, Catholics of course, they have some kind of uh, celebration of pizza. We have Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Adha, and they have celebration of pizza. What kind of celebration is this? They have a celebration of pizza that they have, the, the, the one who will win this celebration, this celebration, the one who eats more pizza than the others. So what they do, the smart guys as they say, they eat so much pizza, they go to the bathroom, excuse me for, uh, they throw it out. And they come to eat more. Just to win. To say that he's a strong man, he's the lot. Subhanallah al-Azim. 
while the, the, the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is to eat enough for our body to stand still not to have full yani we are not supposed to feel full look only enough to stand still but whatever there is first you give it to the poor give it to the people who need it yeah. save your money no need to eat too, too much see how our children I'm talking about myself lots of them are fat because they are eating too much and wrong eating also that's our life why are we doing this? I don't know. But if we just have zuhud in this case, eat enough for what we need for our bodies, alhamdulillah, khalaf. We don't need to go to doctors in this case. No blood pressure, no sugar, blood sugar, no... Subhanallah, heart attacks and so... Why? Because people, they eat more than they need. But... So, a way of halal, we should have zuhud in it. We should despise or leave it. Yani, sometimes. There's a kufr zuhud, na'udhu billah. Disbelief zuhud. That is the last one. Is to be zahid in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or in Jannah. That's why there's a story. One of the bad people came to one of the scholars and said, yeah, MashaAllah, you are a, a big zahid. So he told him, No, no, no. You are more zahid than me. So he was amazed. What do you mean? He said, I made zahid in dunya, which is very little. little. But you made zahid in Jannah. So you are better than me. You are more bad than me because you made Zuhd in Jannah. You don't want Jannah. You left Jannah and you took Dunya. No, I left Dunya which is very limited. And I wanted Jannah. But you left Jannah itself, MashaAllah. So you are a big Zahid. La ilaha illallah. Put this in mind. And remember those people who are Zahid in Jannah, Zahid in Akhirah, Zahid in Quran and Sunnah, they are Kafirs. They are Kafirs because they, they have left what Allah told them to, to do, to follow. In this case, it's clear to us that these are the yani, three types we can say about Zuhd or living dunya. Last point. That does not mean we are telling people to leave their money and go away. Throw your money in the street, don't have bakala, don't have market, don't have company. No, we're not saying this. But we say, as long you can have as much millions of dollars you want as long as. Yani with one condition that this dunya will not make you far away from your deen. When you feel that this dunya is driving you away from your deen, this is a strong alarm to you. Very strong alarm. There are some people who can really have company which is dealing with lots of millions, but still they are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and doing their deen as much as they can. Abu Bakr was a rich man, Uthman was a rich man, Al-Zubayr ibn Awwam was a rich man, Abdurrahman ibn Awf was also a rich man, all of them Sahaba. But the, this richness was not really making them far away from their deen. They are using dunya to serve deen, not the vice versa. So if you have money, Barakallahu lak. We ask Barakah for you. But make sure that this dunya is not dragging you far away. Those people who have money will not sit for a verse. Will not have a time for reciting the Holy Quran because they are too busy to think of Quran. They have too much meetings and this and that. And, ah, not only this, but they will go further sometimes to even have to attend yani, parties with alcohol, with bad women. Because this is combat, this business, yeah, I mean, business you have here, you have to attend parties where there are bad women and there's alcohol. If you want to deal with the people, you don't. That's the case. It's business. Go and see the West and the East. <coughs> you see, this is easy. So, in this case, if this dunya is not driving you away from your deal, no problem. But how many people are these? I think they are very limited. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our dua and our deed. I'll be happy to hear your questions. <coughs> Any questions? Okay. Was that? Resting of food. Ah. They throw a lot of people throw. Don't take the national A lot of food is thrown in Sajjah. You are right. True. So they don't respect the. Yes, this is Ni'mah, and if they do not respect Ni'mah, they are going to be punished. Although, subhanAllah, now. I, uh, this Jam'iyah uh, Khairiyah, they, they have already given their phones. You say if you have a party or if you have marriage party or whatever party you have, just call us. 
call us by telephone, we'll bring our own refrigerated cars. We'll pick up all your food you have. And you finish your party, your uh, guests already have left, and you have extra food, don't throw it. Call us and we'll come and pick it up. So those people who are drunk this day did not suffer. They did not suffer hunger. There's a strange story, by the way, happened to Saudis in here. <coughs> An old man, very old man. He came to Riyadh. He's uh, living in one of these uh, villages around Riyadh. He never came to Riyadh. And when he, his sons came to Riyadh and they studied and they have uh, high qualifications and schools and so on. And they have also higher jobs. So when he came to Riyadh, Forcedly, because he needed to see some doctors and hospitals in here, they made us, mashallah, big party for him with a lot of food. And when he sat down and saw all of this food, he started to weep, to cry. So his friends were amazed. What happened to you? What's wrong? Anybody did say anything bad to you? No, no, no. You remember I used to tell you about the hunger we suffered when we were young? He said, yes. He said, I'm afraid you're going to tell your children. You remember how rich you were. You get the point? I'm afraid that you're going to tell your children how rich you were. Because destroying ni'mah like this is going to bring it back. Vice versa. So Muslims should be very careful. Yani we have to teach our children, we have to teach our wives to cook enough for our wives. That's it. It's not the, the best wife is the one, the best cooker. No, this is wrong to understand among the people. The best wife is the wife who takes care of the house correctly. Don't put this much of food for two or three persons. Because the rest of it, what are you going to do with it? Put it in the refrigerator and it will be throw it in the garbage. Whether you know or you don't. She, she, do, she does this. So she should cook. You should buy enough for what you need. That's it. Like what about the money? I'll be greedy and can juice and keep in the money. No, no, no. That's okay. Have the money. Keep it. Use it for yourself, for your children, for your relatives. And give sadaqah. If this food, يعني, if you teach your wife, say, okay, how much this food will cost us? 50 riyals, fine. Make half of it, 25 riyals only in a forest. This 25 riyals will give it to the poor. How much you gain? A lot of things. You save the, the, the ni'mah from being destroyed, then plus you are using this 25 riyals, which is extra you give it to the poor. Alhamdulillah. So we need to, to study or to teach our children and wives and so on how to deal with ni'mah. Jazakallah khair for this question, yes. Yes, sir. I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that because, you know, regular beggars usually, they... I can't say all of them, but some of them are liars. Clearly liars. So what I should do, first of all, if I have a charity, I should first of all check among my relatives. Among my relatives, if I have a relative who is poor, whether here or anywhere else in the world, I should give him my sadaqah and my zakah also, if he deserves it. If all my relatives are rich, alhamdulillah, or they don't need the sadaqah or zakah, I will check the people who are around me, my neighbors. My if I cannot find, then I can give it to the, the, the jam'iyah, jam'iyah will take care of it. Jam'iyah, no jam'iyah, what I mean by jam'iyah is these people who are taking care of the sadaqah and zakah and so on. But first of all, you should give this sadaqah or zakah to the people you know. From your relatives, special Relatives need it because they are, you are doing two things. You are making sadaqah and you are making also silah. So you are doing two good deeds in the same time. Yes. Okay, I can't confirm that you are supposed to tell her that this is a cat or not. Uh, I can't really say about this. But uh, you remind me of a good point in here. Giving the cat to the relatives is not openly. Because you cannot give the cat to people who you are responsible for. And if, if your son or your daughter is very poor, or your wife is very poor, you cannot give her the cat. Because you are responsible for them. But vice versa, the wife can give zakat to her husband, poor husband. Because she's not responsible for him. In Sharia Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is a very important uh, yani, 
restrictions I have to put in mind. But for the case of pulling or not pulling, I cannot really say. I have to check this first. By the way, I mean, uh, last week we, last week or the week before, somebody asked me about Salat al-Tawbah. You remember that? I said I have never heard of it. And I was right. I never heard of it. Because my knowledge is very limited. Okay. Uh, one of your brothers, Jazara Khair, he has checked it for, uh, on the internet and he sent me the uh, yani website or the link where I can find Salat al-Tawbah. It is true, there is something called Salat al-Tawbah, but I didn't know it. Although it is in Arabic references, there is nobody mentioned it is Salat al-Tawbah, this name. It is, it is the hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, authentic hadith that a person, if he makes a sin, he can go make wudu and make two rak'ahs and ask Allah for forgiveness. So they call it, some people call it Salat al-Tawbah. But I cannot find this in the books I have studied already during the university or within my own sheikh that there is something called Salat al-Tawbah. Let's watch this Qa, Salat al-Janazah. These are Salat. But Salat al-Tawbah, I never heard of it. Because my, my, as I told you, my, my knowledge is limited. I'm not a scholar. I'm a regular person. I'm just a person who is capable of reaching you with, with the English language. That's it. So my knowledge is very limited. Don't blame me on this. Jazakumullah khair for that. Hmm? Yeah, you can do. But don't call Salat Tawbah. Just do this hadith, upon the authentic hadith. Do it. Not daily basis. No, no. This is the case when you have a sin. Because if you read the hadith again, you find that he's saying, if a person, yani, the meaning of the hadith, that if a Muslim does or makes a sin, then he go and make wudu and make surakaz and ask Allah for forgiveness, Allah will forgive him. Okay? So not daily basis. Not every time. Not every after every salah. No. It's only when a person falls into a sin. Yes. No, Nabila, no. Okay. Don't, don't, don't call it, you know, we talk about Salat al-Tawbah itself. Yani they call it. For case of Nabila, yani Nabila, subhanAllah, is the oldest. If you want to pray surah at any time, except for the times which is not allowed, which is Al-Fajr, after Al-Fajr, yani the sun, after Salat al-Fajr, until the sun rises about 20 minutes, after the sunrise, uh, before of there about 15 minutes, okay, and after Al-Aqra until Al-Maghrib. These are not allowed times for Salah, except for the Salah with reasons, like what? If you get into the masjid, any time, you should do, do, make two rak'ah, which is Tahiyyat al-Masjid, greeting of the masjid. If you come to Masjid al-Haram and you make tawaf, you should do, make these two rak'ahs after tawaf, even if it's after al-Asr, even if it's after al-Fajr, even if it's before the door. These are called the reason salah. A salah is a reason. Salah is janaza. We do it after al-Asr sometimes, right? Somebody say, no, I want to pray after janaza. No. This is called salah which has a reason. But for other salah, no. Regular nafila, you don't do it this time. But in other times, yani, when sun rises up to about 20 minutes from sunrise, until before the 15 minutes, this is an open time for nafila. After the door, until the asr, this is open for nafila. After the maghrib, until the isha, this is open for any nafila you want. Two, four, so on. After the isha, until the fajr, this is open for nafila also. You can pray as much as you can. But don't call it the tawbah unless there is, as we said, there is a sin in there, so we need to make guru and make this salah, so we will ask Allah for forgiveness. Yes. Uh, what is the right of our parents on what we earn in our life? Again, again. What is the right of our parents, right of our parents? Ah, parents. Yeah. On what we earn in this world. Okay, upon the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay, upon the hadith of Yes, the hadith is clear, it says that Anta wa maluka li abik. You and your money is for your father So whatever the father wants Or the mother wants from your money They can take it Except one condition Mentioned by the fuqaha They say, unless the father takes your money And give it to your brothers This case, no way this is But for you, you cannot stop You cannot stop your father from taking your money Unless also he's using it in the wrong way You can make some kind of, uh, يعني, somewhere other that he will not find this money to use it in drugs as an example or so on. But other cases, no. In fact, يعني, it is really a shameful thing that for a Muslim that his father needs the money and he cannot find it while he is 
enjoying the money with his wife and children. It's a very shameful thing. It's not allowed in Islam. How come I and my children and my wife or wives are enjoying the money? While my parents really need the money, they cannot find it. Subhanallah, this is really unbelievable. This is only for the kafirin. And you can see this in the West and the other places where the kafir doesn't care about their, his parents at all. The best kafir who comes to his mother on the day of the mother and he brings her one flower. La ilaha illallah. While in Islam, the mother is the queen. She is ordering her son to do whatever she is supposed to obey. They are supposed to be beside their, her, her feet. As Muhammad told us, فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ إِذَّمْ قَدَمَيْهَا فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ تَمْ يعني be beside her lips or her, her feet. Jannah is there. يعني this is the way of Jannah, to be beside her. And I told you maybe the story of, of one of these scholars. A big scholar was teaching thousands of his students on the masjid. There's big dirt. He's not young. His mother, an old lady, comes to him and says, Come here, you crazy sack. Come and feed the, the chicken in, in the, in the uh, second floor. So he leaves the dirt and he goes and he feeds the, the chicken and comes back and sits in the dirt. Scholar, he's going and he, to feed the chicken. Oh, somebody will say, Hey, Shahada, Shahada. Old lady, she, she doesn't understand ilm. No, no, no. This man, he knows what the mother deserves. She comes to him while he's sitting to teach people. Thousands of people are listening to him. And he's, she is ordering him to go and feed the chicken. He leaves the dirt, leaves the people, and he goes to the chicken, and he gives the chicken the food, and he comes back and continues the dirt. La ilaha illallah. Where are we from this point? Subhanallah. Allah Musta'ala. Allah Musta'ala. You had the question, Mr. Mm-hmm. At, at all? Uh, totally. Uh, when they, when asked, uh, when, whenever I ask uh, some person asks him uh, to perform salah, they say, no, Allah will forgive us. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. And uh, every time they uh, do riba and waste of time. So what do you suggest for that kind of person? Uh, it depends on the one who is living with him. Yani, if this person is capable of convincing him and discussing him and giving him the ayahs oh then in this case khalas, you reach the, the, the end of the point khalas, leave the place yani, subhanallah the case of da'wah you can look with the kafirin either Muhammad lived in Mecca with kafirin and he built with Yahud in Medina but as long as there is a dialogue going on but when it's reached the point that he's telling you, don't talk to me about these cases, I will not pray at all, then halas. That is, he's putting the line to stop. You are not supposed to live with him. But if you think that you are going to, and you have the capability of convincing him one day or another, you have to be patient. Because da'wah actually needs patience. First of all, that's why Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Holy Book, as you remember in Surah Al-Asr, these four conditions, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْ so da'wah, how much, how long Muhammad was calling Quraysh and the others and nobody answered him, it's very limited people. Thirteen years in Mecca. The people of the Islam is very limited. Nuh alayhi salam, how many times, he, how, long, how long he spent calling his people for, for Islam? 950 years. Very limited people. So if you think this person is, one day or another will accept what you are saying by bringing him books, bringing him tapes, audio tapes, uh, CDs, you discuss with him, you, you try to make someone come to visit you, so he will, maybe he will not accept from you because he doesn't understand it you. Yani, as an example, some people say, my older son does not accept what I say. Of course he will not accept what you say. Your older son or your father or your elder, elder people, they will not accept from you because they know you are very young. You are, yani yesterday you were a, a guy who was like, like this and this and you, today you become mutawwa, you come to tell me things. They will not accept it so easy. Remember, it's very important yani, to put this in mind. Put in mind all of that because those people who knew you when you were young or when you were not in the right track will not accept what you say easily if they accept so you have to be careful yani do it so many ways don't go directly to, to faith because there is self-defensive people have self-defensive they don't accept easily if you come to them in the faith 
But if you can bring someone else to visit you and he will talk to him, or يعني, you bring tapes, or you bring uh, audio tapes, or bring CDs, or bring bumblets, or books, and so on, this is either. When you reach the point, you say, خلاص, don't talk to me about this case, I will not accept salah, I will not do this, then ah, this is the case. You, you come to the first time. But always try to have patience. That was not so easy. Muhammad Hassan suffered a lot, and all the other messengers have suffered a lot. Of course, no. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. Try to stop it if you can. If you cannot, and they continue with more than one, then leave the place. Don't stay, you know, listening to this ghiba. Ghiba. The person who listens to it without stopping it, he's, he's, يعني, he's sharing ghiba. Yes, sir. When you know what? Uh-huh. The way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he did it with the Jew, he did it with the Jew sallallahu alayhi wa Ali ibn Abi Talib did it with the Jew in business, but make sure that you deal with them in the case of Islamic laws. And don't take riba, don't accept riba, don't take rishwa, don't give rishwa. Even if you bring them just a, yani, ruznam as you call it, as you call it, yani taqweem, or you bring them a, when this, this is business, huh? Yeah. Huh? Gift, small gift, just to, it's not a gift, it's, they call it, what do you call it, um, يعني advertisement. Be careful, this come, could come under the case of, of uh, Rishwa. And Rishwa, Muhammad Hassan has cursed three on Rishwa. The one who gives the Rishwa, the one who takes the Rishwa, the one who uh, يعني make connection between the Rashi and Murtash. So this is the case, we must have to be very careful. Deal with, with business, have business, but be careful not to fall into haram case. Riba, Zina, because so many people, they, they, some Saudis, they went to some countries and they say when we come there, they send us someone to receive us in the airport that's usually from the company which is receiving them and they are ladies, very good looking ladies of course what they want, they want to meet the guy so he will sign a lot of contracts easily so a Muslim, strict Muslim will say no, I don't want this one bring me a man who can drive my car and we can go to do the business without, why, why, why lady? So a Muslim should be strict in his case. Even if he's going to lose some, يعني, uh, some money in this case, and instead of having uh, in this business 100,000 riyals, he will have in the other business only 50,000 riyals. 50,000 riyals with, with halal cases a lot better than 100,000 riyals in haram cases. So sometimes this, in some cases, Allah will give you better. Jazakumullah khair. Sorry to see what. Yes, sir. Yes. He is not following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is a must. Leaving the beard is a must, but just put in mind that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you cannot find one single hadith that he took one piece of hair of his beard sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Although his beard was this. What is the quantity of beard of What do you mean? As long as long as good. You cannot cut anything. Yeah, be something with four, four fingers. And then you cut, no, this is not true. This is done by Abdullah ibn Umar, and that's his own idea for ishtihad. But Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, clearly in all of the hadith which is mentioned, our Sahaba have described him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he never, never, never took one single hair of his beard. That's it. People who love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam should follow him. People who don't love him, that's another case. If they love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, some side and the others know, that's a problem. Yes, brother. I don't want to kill the world so much. People who want to leave, they can leave. And this is our question. Yes. <laughs> okay. Salat al-Hajj. Again, another name that I do not know. I have to check it. Yeah, no, no. Have you ever heard of something called Salat al-Hajj? Is there? Is it in Arabic? Uh, I never heard of. of Somebody calls Hawarat Haja. There is a lot of salah which is mentioned. I cannot really say they are there. But I promise you to check it out, inshallah. Sheikh Mtiaz will check it for us, as he did before. Lucky. <laughs> yes. No problem. See, 
whatever, 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 whatever in Sunnah, it is fantastic. Whether it's in here or in Pakistan or even in the United States or in Chile. Yes. <laughs> huh? Salat al-Shukr. There is sujood al-Shukr. Sujood al-Shukr is to make sujood after you receive any ni'mah. But Salat al-Shukr I can't relate it. Again, Sheikh Amtiyaz will check it for us. Sheikh Amtiyaz is, mashallah, he is... Uh, well, well I, I don't want to say anything because he will get angry. <laughs> yes, if it's counted as salah, yes. But some sheikh said that you, uh, what if you have ni'mah and you are not having wudu, you go and make wudu, you just make sujood, it's not a salah. So it depends on how the scholars say, whether they say it is salah or not salah. Like sujood is tilawa. Sujood is tilawa, so you an eye which has sujood. Do you make sujood without? Wudu or not, this is also a conflict between its colors. So if you take it this way or this way, inshallah, it will be fine, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair and see you inshallah next week.